This is Amazed by God, brought to you by Through God's Library. We bring you stories of faith and God's goodness shared by people like you. I pray we build and encourage your faith. If you have a story to tell, please let us know by contacting us through our website at amazedbygod.com. We would love to help you share it with the world. While you're there, check out our other ministries. And if you would like to support the work God is doing through us, you can find the details on our website or go to patreon.com forward slash Mark Now here's your host, Mark, with a story of faith. Hello and welcome, welcome to Amazed by God, brought to you by Through God's Library. This is your host, Mark Stitchin, and with me today is Justin Hayes. Hey, everybody. How are you doing today? Mark, I'm doing well. How are you, my friend? I am okay. Uh, middle of a cold <laughs> cold streak here in Maryland. Uh, I'm assuming it's not as cold down where you are. I don't know how cold it is there, but it, we actually just got a cold streak here. So cold for us is probably relative, but I'm in the very southern tip of Alabama, and it's been about 30 degrees the past two days, and that is... That's about my breaking point, oh. so it's definitely been cold for us. I yeah. was not made for the cold. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't either. I, I've said it for a long time. God's called me to Florida. Uh, I just haven't made my way there yet. Uh, well, we are right next door to Florida, yeah. so it's, uh, I, I can appreciate the weather here. Yeah, I'll, I'll, take, I'll take heat over cold any day. Me too. So, um, so we, we kind of met on the Youth Pastors uh, uh, Forum on Facebook, um, how long have you been a part of that? Uh, it's, uh, I actually know the, the girl who started the church communications group, her name's Katie Allred, and I've been a part of it since early on in the, uh, when, when she started it and it's gotten to be now, I guess, a kind of a huge thing. I mean, with, you know, 20 or 30,000 people across the, the world who are a part of it. So it's, it's nice to be able to connect with people, uh, across our country and really across the world who, I never would have otherwise. Technology is an awesome thing. Yeah, I, I, I've been in it about six months now. Um, you know, I was a youth pastor. I've been a youth pastor for a very long time. Uh, and I, I look back and go, oh, man, I wish I could have connected with people this way, <laughs> you know, 10 yes. years ago. So, um, you know, not, not being a youth pastor per se right now, but it's still great to be on there, um, be able to share and help people out and, and just kind of be able to talk. Um, but you, you're kind of planting a church now, am I correct? Yes, I've uh, actually been a pastor of this church plant for about two years. We're coming up on our, our two-year anniversary. So uh, I've been doing ministry for almost 20 years now, and about 10 of that was student ministry, and then 10 of it has been pastoring since then. So oh, That's awesome. Uh, you, it's nice to hear people when— when we've been in ministry for for a long time and and still going strong and you know planting a church after after that long is is definitely commendable and and it's awesome. Certainly, to hear. some people would call it uh, other words uh, like crazy, but <laughs> commendable it sounds so much better. Yeah, uh, you know I uh, I planted a church here in, in in Baltimore City with with two other people. We started a homeless ministry and it was just like okay maybe we should just start a church, um, you know which was. To me, was that was crazy. <laughs> it's, it's an awesome way to start, man. Yeah, so. the, the, uh, every church was a church plant at some point, and whether it was an intentional one or an unintentional plant, uh, they they all start somehow. So it's it's uh, wonderful to hear the different ways that these churches get started. Yeah, ab- absolutely, and and 
church planning is a way that we really do reach people, uh, statistics show. So it's a hard thing, but it's, it's some way that, that it's, you know, kind of that new thing. It allows people to go and, um, and experience something different. Uh, Maybe they've been to the local church a thousand times and, uh, but experiencing that new thing. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a part of a church now. And if you listen to any of my past podcasts, I talk about it at a lighthouse. Um, and I've had a lot of people on from lighthouse and they're always like, yeah, no, you know, it's a church of like 3000 people. And, you know, I, I'm like, Oh, I, I started going there when it was 200 and I watched the growth, you know, but being an evangelist, I, I'm not a part of it. You know, I, I'm, I'm not, you know, not always there. So every time I, I get back there, you know, as my home church, uh, on a Sunday morning, it just it just makes me happy to watch you know what they did in the last six years. Yeah, it's wonderful to see God working in something like that for sure. So uh, here at Amazed by God, we just like to hear testimonies of what kind of people happen in people's lives. You know, gives gives an opportunity to share um, because sometimes testimonies help us to to hear God's voice in a in a way that uh, we never thought about before, and it. It builds our faith. So, uh, Justin, what has God done amazing in your life? Man, it's a that's a, a very loaded question for sure, Mark. Um, I it's hard to pinpoint any any one thing and say, hey, but let's focus on this. But it, it definitely in the the past really ten years of my life since I've gotten into church planting. So, I, the, a little background on me: I actually planted another church about ten years ago. Uh, before coming to to this one, and since ta- since stepping out of what many would consider the traditional church and uh, starting new churches, it, it's been amazing to see God providing and to see Him growing me and my my wife and my family and and to see how He is so good to me despite everything that I uh, I, I do. He He is good to me. So I, I would say. And if I had to answer the question, looking most recently at the the church plant that I'm now pastoring at, um, the the most amazing thing that I, I can pinpoint just off the top of my head is that our church is is still around. I mean, there's a, a staggeringly high statistic about the number of of church plants that don't don't make it past two years, and to know that we're coming up on our two year anniversary is is really a testimony to God's grace to to see that. He has started us and has grown us. And not just are we surviving, but we're actually growing and seeing new faces and actually seeing people go through our membership process and come to the Lord and get baptized. And it's been a, a really amazing thing to see that that we're still around. To to be honest, church planting is, as I'm sure you're aware of, it, it's not easy. It's hard work and, and it's often lonely. I'm very, very fortunate to be able to uh, this church. I'm planting with two very godly men who are uh, are serving alongside of me and in the leadership of the church. And it's it's still despite that, it's still lonely work and it's it's pretty difficult. Um, I had one of my coaches used to say all the time, one of my uh, one of my church planting coaches would say, you know, a passion will get you there into church planting, but it's only a calling that will keep you there. And I mean, that, that, that's so incredibly true to know that that through the difficulties, knowing that God has called you to that place and knowing that God has called you to that work, 
it gets you through many of the the pitfalls and the hurdles that, that come up that you know are coming, but you're never really ready for. It's like getting married or having your first child. I mean, you know, you know that change is coming, but you're never really ready for it. And <laughs> yeah. church planting is is really that way. And and to see that that God has been good despite all of that has been pretty fantastic. I mean, one uh, I, looking at our church, we've been pretty. Um, I guess our, one of our our biggest areas of success has been with kind of the disenfranchised here in Mobile County. So Mobile Can you explain is, that? Yeah, explain that a little for us. Yeah, it, it's traditionally a, a pretty church uh, area. So, you know, I don't know who all listens and from what area of the uh, country people are listening. But in, in Mobile, I mean, we're in the, the, the buckle of the Bible Belt here. And many people think, oh, well, Mobile doesn't really need a, another church. I mean, you drive down any major road and you pass five or six churches just to get to the one that you're going to. And people look around and they think, I mean, does this, this city really need another church? And if there's practic- if there's one on practically every corner, I mean, it's it seems like a valid critique. But unfortunately, the, the numbers don't lie. I mean, even in, a, in, our, um, in our county, we have almost half a million people here. Mm-hmm. And if you include the, the whole Metroplex around us, you're, you're looking at almost double that between uh, the, the, the areas that, that surround our, our city. And there are in that area, probably, I think the statistics are slightly over 50% of the people are completely unaffiliated with any evangelical church in our area. And I mean, that's a, that's a, a, a staggering number you wouldn't expect that i mean most people don't expect the numbers to be that way for our country much less the the middle of the bible belt but i mean we have in our nation more than 300 million people in it and of those like 40 percent, i think are uh, they would claim no significant affiliation to any church anywhere and which i mean that that alone makes the united states the biggest mission field in the western hemisphere Mm -hmm. so i mean north america it's the only continent in the entire world where christianity is in decline the it's the the only continent where christianity isn't growing and we're we're losing the battle so in our county i would say uh, we've run the numbers and there are fewer than 50,000 people that attend church on any given sunday so of you know half a million people if you've only got 50,000 of those in church i mean we're we're not doing our job we're not we're not reaching our even our area and and people think here in the Bible Belt that that's a that, that can't be right but the numbers just don't lie so I mean we've got in our county about 350 evangelical churches and that that means that each church would be responsible for like 1200 people and there just aren't that many churches that are meeting that need and yeah. even if I think we filled every single seat in our county with uh with with someone on a sunday even with even with like multiple services we we couldn't meet the needs that this county has so we the reason that we started our church was kind of the, that we saw the solution to that was not that uh not just that we need to strengthen the existing churches but that we need more churches and so we kind of started our, our church under the assumption that more churches reach more people that different churches reach different people and that new churches reach new people. And so with all of that uh, in mind, we, we started the church in the the hopes that we would be an additional expression of the body of Christ here in, in in our city. And in doing so, we've seen that uh, a lot, uh, you know, not not just an additional, but a different expression. And in, in doing so, we've seen people that, 
maybe grew up in church or you know had some type of affiliation through you know familial affiliation with with church that grew up and and got burned somewhere along the way either you know for for their own fault for the fault of of someone in leadership or some anything in between for whatever reason people that have somehow fallen away from church seem to be interested in in kind of what we're doing so it's been it's been a neat thing i mean we're not a large church by any means we got started with just a, a handful of people and 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 even now we've only we've only have a few handfuls of people but uh the, those that, that we've seen success with have really been a lot of the ones who seemed to lose their heart with when it came to church and then it, it's amazing to see god bringing them back it's amazing to see god kind of uh taking someone who might have gone to a youth ministry somewhere and then just stopped going when they moved out of the house. And now here they are, you know, several years later and, and all of a sudden God is, is pulling on their hearts again and they're, they're interested in what's going on. So it's a, it's a neat thing. So I'm, I would say one of the, the major highlights has been seeing our success with that group. And if I were being completely selfish, I would say, one of the biggest highlights for me since planting the church is the fact that I got to baptize two of my kids. That's um, awesome. Uh, my, my two older kids, I have three. I have a, a, a uh, 11 year old girl. I have a 10 year old boy. And then there's a big gap and we have a one year old little girl. And uh, my two older kids have both been baptized since we started this church. So that's a, a, a neat thing to have. It's one of the greatest privileges that a pastor can ever have to be able to baptize his own kids and, it's it's been neat seeing the Lord working in their lives. Yeah, I I my heart you know has been with plant church planting, um, you know, and planting a church myself before, uh, which was something I never thought I would do. <laughs> you know, um, yep. I've 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 always said that I was going to be a lifer in youth ministry, and I've always you know I've never lost that, um, and then back in that now again. Um, but I, what you just said, you know it's a different type of expression. Um, you know, it's, it's nothing, you know, the church that I left, there was nothing wrong with the church that I left. There's nothing wrong. I'm pretty sure with the church you left. Um, but we want to, we want to express, uh, to, to, to God in in the way that we feel the most comfortable. And we want to be able to, to help people join in us in the way that, that, that is the most comfortable way that they express, um, worship to him as well too. It's so neat to see how big the church is. I mean, I actually had a conversation with someone just yesterday who has older children who are not necessarily following in their parents' footsteps. And they were complaining about the the church experience that they had. And, And in their mind, the church wasn't what they were looking for. But in all the the only experience they ever had was in that one church, really, and that one style of church and that one expression of church and and. Really, they're they're even if they expand to the you know greater experiences that they've had across like going to to conferences and things like that, mm-hmm. they're still just looking at the American church and not the church as a whole in the world. And I mean, it's it's a beautiful thing to see how God is moving and how big our God is and how the Spirit, um, how He reaches different people through different people. Mm-hmm. It, it's really neat to see all, all of the the members of the body working in different ways to achieve different goals and to reach different people. So, I mean, it was, that really is, we, we built our church on those principles that more ch- churches reach more people, different churches reach different people and that new churches reach new people. Yeah. I, I don't know what it is like down you, but I, I'm assuming it's probably the same. It is here. 
um, it saddens me that churches seem to be their own individual unit and they don't, they don't partner with other <laughs> churches that much, um, you know, because, yeah. you know, there's nothing wrong with, you know, the, the, you know, the very traditional church down the street from me. Uh, it's just, it's not for me, but we're still serving the same body. And I was having yes. a conversation with somebody a couple weeks ago and they asked me, why, why do you think it is that more people aren't being connected in church? They may go to church, but they're not being connected. Um, and I, I mean, I don't know the answer to that, but I said that, you know, one thing I do know is the internet has created a form of community. Um, even if it's not true community where no matter what you're into, you can find other people like you. Yeah. Um, and, and it's created this individuality then that, hey, all these other people are like me. I don't need to go and talk to somebody face to face. And I don't, why do I need this if it's something that's going to challenge me and push me when I could stay at home and, you know, like my little pony from my house, you know, or whatever it is. Um, and the church has, has sometimes has lost the idea that uh, we're there to serve people no matter what it is no matter what's going on and and we're yeah. there to create true community and it's good that we have churches that are very traditional i have a friend who if the church doesn't preach out of the king james bible they not go into that church and i look right. at that and go oh you're crazy um yeah. <laughs> you know but that's the way that's the way some people are and, and that's the way some some people need that and god's big enough to incorporate all of that Absolutely. There's a there's a quote by C.S. Lewis that I love, uh, and I'm probably butchering it, but he says that friendship is born when, uh, or at the moment when a person says to another person, "Wait, you too? I thought I was the only one." Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I really I see that not just in the individual um, level, but also in the group level with churches. I mean, I think that friendship truly is born when people look and see that wait, there there is a place for me, mm -hmm. and. That's why we started our church. That's awesome. Uh, thank you so much for sharing. I really do appreciate that. I love hearing about church plants. Um, I love hearing that God's moving, you know, um, and, and, and I will definitely, you know, you'll be on my prayer list and on my heart. And, uh, I appreciate that. and uh, you know, would love to, uh, you know, hopefully hear back from you, you know, in another two years and, and see what God's Start. done in your life. Hopefully, so. good, hopefully good news. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, keep up the good work, um, you know, and uh, it, yeah. So uh, but uh, what, what was the name of your church again? Do you have a website it's you'd like to share? It's Renaissance Church. And it's, uh, it's, you know, it's one of those words that people don't know. Um, renaissance is actually the adjectival form of the word renaissance and renaissance means something that has sprung back into new life. That's come, come back to life again. So you could have a renaissance interest in something that you used to be fond of in video games or something like that. But it, for us, obviously the spiritual context of it is this idea of, of being, uh, brought back to life. And, and ironically, that's, that's kind of, we're, we're seeing people have a renaissance interest in church. So, it's uh it's renaissance church so it's and i don't know if uh if anyone wants to actually spell it it's r-e-n-a-s-c-e-n-t and um you can find us at renaissancechurch.com that's awesome i love that i i didn't know exactly what that meant either i figured it had something to do with that but uh thank you thank you for sharing yeah one of our one of my uh actually several of my church planting coaches when talking about picking a name for a church 
they they all kind of said, don't pick anything that's difficult and don't pick <laughs> anything that somebody has to look up how to spell or a word that's you know Greek or Latin or Hebrew or something like that. Just make it easy, make it simple. And I mean, it was a it, it was a long process coming up with our name for our church. We had a core group that was kind of in, involved in it. And uh, I don't know what it was, but God put put the name on my heart early in the process. And I, I kind of, you know hesitantly pushed it out there to the group and everybody kind of looked at me like, Oh, that's dumb. And in fact, probably voiced that, uh, vocalized it, but I'm, I'm the, the bibliophile of the group. So I'm the, the one that likes to, to, I, I read a, a whole lot all the time mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm also kind of a grammar Nazi. So they, they thought, Oh, that's just Justin being Justin. <laughs> but we went through after that. I mean, it just kind of the, it got tabled, put on a uh, a list of all the names that we had thought of, and I mean, we went through probably hundreds of options and prayed about it and, and discussed it and debated it, and and eventually we got to this like months down the road, and uh, I think it was actually my wife who said, "You know what? What was that? What was that name that you you thought of early on? And well, you know, what was that?" And then. I kind of gave my pitch again and people in the group amazingly were like, yeah, that kind of, I kind of like that. And I'm like, where were you guys months, months <laughs> yeah, ago? We didn't have to go so, through all this. Yes. Well, apparently it was a birthing process. Yeah. So you had to get through the difficulty in order to get to the, uh, the name. But I mean, we went against the, the suggestions of my, uh, my, my coaches and I just, I only because we really felt like it said what we wanted um, to say and who we wanted to be as a church. So that's yeah. why you have Renaissance Church here in Mobile, Alabama. That's a, that's a good uh, preaching point there for you too. Not the experts don't always know. Sometimes you got to follow what God says. Yeah, just don't them. let them listen to this podcast. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> All right. Well, here at Amazed by God, we'd like to get to know you a little bit better. Is there any Bible verse, story, or character uh, you know that is, has meant something to you in your life? Oh, certainly. I um, I think probably the the verse that has made the biggest impact in my life, of really over the past ten years, has been First John two six. It says, "Whoever says he abides in Him ought to walk in the same way that Jesus walked." And that that verse, it was one of those that that really kicked me in the teeth before it ever took root. Mm-hmm. And I would say this verse was very instrumental in in why. I got into church planting in the first place because I, I looked at not in, in please hear me when I, I, I preface this, this wasn't a, I looked around me and saw that no one else was doing it right. And so I wanted to plant a church in order to get it right kind of thing. I looked at my own life and I thought in the, the system that I was in, I wasn't walking like Jesus. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, I wasn't living the way that I, if I read the the narrative portions of the the New Testament, you know, I read the Gospels and I and I read about Jesus' followers and Acts, and I saw these lives and how they were how, how they were transformed and following Christ. I looked at my own life and I thought, man, it, I just don't measure up, and it it really kicked me in my teeth to the point that I started asking myself. Okay, well, what what did Jesus' life look like? What what did his walk look like? And and started trying to to do a better job of modeling my own life after him, which is such a novel concept, right? I mean, here we are. Uh, I'm at that point. I was ten years into ministry, mm-hmm. and I hit get hit with this you know amazing deep theological truth that 
I never should have uh, taken so long to get to. Maybe I should model my life after Jesus. And in in doing so, and just simply asking the question, you know, what, what did Jesus' life look like, and does my life look like that? I, I wasn't really able to answer yes as as much as I wanted to. And that that, I guess, discomfort with my answer is really what pushed me into seeking uh, to— to find a, a system and to even create a system where my life was, was able to do more of what I felt like Jesus wanted me to do. So it was instrumental and has been instrumental in my life for, for the past 10 years. Give us the verse again. It's first John two, six. And could, could, did you quote it? Yeah. It's whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way that Jesus walked. You know, I've been doing this podcast for a little over a year now. And I don't, like I said, I, I've been in ministry for a long time as well, too. Um, and yeah. somebody said to me about six months ago, you know, he said, when's the last miracle that's happened in your life? And I, I you know, I froze. <laughs> I literally froze. And I, I, I felt bad. Like it, it made me, it made me, and he didn't mean to, he didn't mean to do it that way, you know, um, you know, I, I, I saw some, some awesome things that happened, you know, when I was a younger Christian, but you know, when I got into ministry and you get into the dog days of ministry and, and doing things, you know, sometimes you feel a little overwhelmed, uh, from a pastor standpoint. And I, you know, and, and just from working a job, you start to feel overwhelmed and, yeah, and, uh, you know, that's, that's a very challenging verse that, that weird to be weird to be like him and, you know, if we go back and look at it, we're supposed to actually have more power and miracles and, and than he did, you know, because we have the Holy Spirit. He sent us. Right. Um, and and then on top of it, I mean, we're supposed to have the things that characterized him are supposed to characterize us. And it's not just the power, but I mean, the power is is the byproduct of that. You know, mm-hmm. the power that, that the spirit brings is the byproduct of, of the connection to Christ and I think that for me, it was looking at his character and looking at the things that he valued and the things that he didn't put much stock in and seeing that a lot of times I was flipped upside down on many of those issues. And it really was a, uh, a challenging, gut-wrenching verse to to have brought to my attention. Yeah, that's great. That, everybody out there, let that be a just a check for you to think about your own life and, and, and evaluate things because that's something we need to do on a regular Absolutely. basis. So music kind of moves our souls in, in, in certain ways, maybe that other things don't. Is there any song over your life that has touched you, has brought uh, something into your life that you'd like to share with our audience? Certainly. Let me, uh, let me preface this by saying that uh, I said to you earlier, I'm kind of a bibliophile in that um, I, when I am in the car or if I'm working in doing some, you know, some routine type thing that I can listen to something, I usually have an audio book on. So <laughs> hey, I am kindred spirits here. <laughs> I, I am typically an audio book guy. Uh, so I will listen to books. If I, if I have the option, I, I choose books over music, probably 90 to 99 times out of a hundred. So I, I say that to say I'm, I'm not when like people ask me sometimes about, Hey, did you hear this on the, and they 
talk about our local Christian music stations. We have a couple of them here. And I feel bad as a pastor because I'm like, no, I don't know that song or no, I, I haven't heard that. But it's not because I dislike that type of music. It's just that I'm usually listening to books. That being said, there are there are a couple of uh, genres that, that really do. Uh, I, I fall back on on a frequent basis in order you know, when I, when I need to. Uh, when, when I need my, my soul, my soul stirred, you know, a book doesn't normally do mm-hmm. that. A book is, is much more geared toward my head than my heart. And there are the occasional books that, that will, will attack both. But music is one of those things that, that it's the artistic expression of it that really it, it does. It, it, you know, plucks at the strings of your heart in ways that um, that my, my books don't don't. But I, I will preface this by saying. I do normally listen to books instead of music, but that being said, uh, I, you know, in preparation for this, this interview, you told me you were going to ask this question and there were two songs that immediately came to mind. So, um, one of them is a song called, is he worthy by a guy named Andrew Peterson. Are you familiar with Andrew Peterson? I am not off the top of my head. No. Okay, so Andrew Peterson, this is, I don't want to sound hipster or anything, but Andrew <laughs> Peterson has has recently been coming into his own and has really become a, a much more recognized name. He was never really on the contemporary Christian music radio scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a couple of songs in the early 2000s that, that were played, but he never really took root in the uh, that CCM type um uh, area and in doing so he had a, a kind of a niche group that followed him and I, I just by chance when I was a student pastor and I think it was 2003 I had one of those boxes of CDs that was sent to me by the, mm-hmm. the music companies yeah that, hey you know, preview this and and then pass them on to your to your students and uh, there was one of his CDs called Love and Thunder in that um, in that box and i never passed it on to anyone i kept it very <laughs> selfishly but I, I andrew peterson is he's a singer songwriter kind of a folk artist and just is an inc- one of the most incredible lyricists i've ever heard in my life but um he recently released it's probably like his 10th or 11th album and in on that he had a song that has really it actually was covered by chris tomlin and that there is a version of it of it by chris tomlin but I would encourage you to go to the original. I like Chris Tomlin's version, but there's also, there's also a Shane and Shane version, I think, and a couple of other people who have covered mm-hmm. it. But the song called Is He Worthy, it's it's a um, almost liturgical song where he sings a question and then, oh, and then it's a, a refrain. A, I know the song and, now. Yes. Yes. So it's so beautiful and it, it absolutely wrecks me every time I hear it. Um, so, I, I mean, it, it is a song that really really points you to the person of God. And I would strongly encourage anyone who's listening to check out Andrew and to check out his music. The, uh, you know, his voice is not for everybody. He is one of those guys that when I first, when I first heard his music, it was actually years before I received that CD. He had a song um, on the radio called the chasing song. And it was very gimmicky. And he sounded, <laughs> my, my wife said he sounded like the frog prince from the Muppets. And, uh, it, I, I, I hate to even share that because I was able to, as he grew, his, his voice actually got a little deeper and he got much, much more, uh, he became a much better artist. I'll say that, mm-hmm. but his lyrics have been 
so deep and so fantastic all throughout the years. I mean, I, I have every one of his CDs and I will, I will buy every CD that he has every year that he ever does it. And, um, this, he's actually an author as well. He has a, a series of books that is a, uh, young adult fantasy series called the wing feather saga. I highly recommend them to anybody. If you've got teenagers that are looking for, for books that are like a, you know, similar to a Lord of the Rings or a Narnia, they're, mm-hmm. they're great. Check them out. They're have to look fantastic. But, um, the, the song is he worthy is, is one of those songs that really just brings me to, to God. And I, I love it. And I've actually been, uh, bugging our worship pastor to get the song into <laughs> our rotation and we're doing it this Sunday for the first time. Right. And I'm so excited there about you it. Go. So, that's awesome. That's, that's one song that instantly came to mind. Another one that, that really has, has been my, uh, I guess my, my banner song for probably since it came out is a song called all I have is Christ. It's originally by Jordan Coughlin. I think is how his name is pronounced, but sovereign grace music covered it. And man, it's, uh, it's one of those songs that also kind of kicks you in the teeth because it starts with your own, uh, your own sin and your frailty and, and just how, uh, how little you, can accomplish on your own, mm-hmm. but it talks about the, the goodness of God taking hold in your life and bringing you to the cross. And man, I, uh, it's, it's my, it's my go-to worship song for, for sure. Give me, give me the name of that one again. It's all I have is Christ. And it's, uh, by sovereign grace music is the most popular one you would find. Oh, that's, that's awesome, man. Let me, let me pull a quick audible, uh, throw one book out there that you think is a very, very, you know, worth, worth reading. To another, okay. from one 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 fan of books, I read about five a month. To another, very good. I'll I'll throw out one that has been uh, very instrumental in my own life in, in recent days. It's a book called "Praying the Bible" by Donald Whitney, mm-hmm. and it is a if if anybody out there is like me, let me go ahead and throw this into confession time. I have for years felt like I've really stunk it up in my prayer life, and it's it makes you feel like there must be something wrong with you. There must be something that you're not doing because you got all these stories of great Christians from the past that have, you know, had incredible prayer lives. And they, they prayed for hours at a time. And, and for some reason, when I pray, I always say the same old things and about the same old things. And it just gets boring. And you hate to use the boring word, but your prayer life is boring mm-hmm. and it, it's, you know, monotonous and it's, it's difficult. Well, this small book, I mean, it's only like, you know, 80 pages or something like that is like, it has been revolutionary for me in helping me to, to understand a system of going through the, the, the text of the Bible and being able to use them to, um, I guess, to, to give weight and to give content to my prayers. I highly, highly recommend this book to anybody who's listening. It's Praying the Bible by Donald Whitney, and it has really helped me to feel like I'm actually having a conversation with God when I pray. I've gone, you know, it has helped me to go beyond, and I mean, you're not supposed to hear a pastor saying these words, you know, (laughs) from going beyond the I'm praying because I have to, to now praying because I want to, and Mm -hmm. praying because it's actual conversation and communion yeah. so i would uh i would throw that one out there to you yeah it's a great book i i feel the same with prayer and, and the book that kind of you know i always felt ashamed of it uh, i don't know if you remember uh, it's probably been 12 15 years ago now philip yancey wrote a book just called prayer 
Yes. Um, and and in the midst of it, he talked about how you know he'd be praying and he'd be like, "Oh, I gotta balance my checkbook. Oh, I gotta call this person. Oh," and I went, "Oh, other people do that too. It's not just me." Um, yes. You know, so books on prayer has been something that I've I've. I like to read how other people pray and hear how other people pray. So certainly, and I, I love it. And the answer that Whitney would give to Yancey would be that if that is a distraction to your prayers, pray about that. Yeah. You know, and in the book, he kind of says, you know, when you're going through these uh, these verses and you're allowing them to kind of send your your mind in certain directions, and if your mind keeps tugging in another direction, then follow that and chase that rabbit mm-hmm. and, until. Until the rabbit is is you know in the the hands of the Lord, and I, I love that. So definitely check the book out. It's a great one. All right. Well, for Amazed by God, brought to you by Through God's Library, this is your host Mark Sitchin, and we will see you next Monday. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a five star rating and don't forget to subscribe. Thank you for listening.